From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the future of AMD. Late AMD, especially in the older age categories, the prevalence seemed to decline. First this. There's a lot to be said for the printed page. It's always on, loads instantly, it's very high resolution, and there's no monthly fee. But one thing it's not is interactive. I know journals have advertised interactive content and multimedia, but to get to it, you need to type a URL in a computer. iWorld AR changes all that. Once you have the app, you simply aim your phone at an iWorld page with the AR symbol, and videos, interactive material, presentations, and podcasts appear in the page. Amazing! The effect is stunning, and the app is free. Go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and search iWorld AR. That's so great. That's one word with no spaces. iWorld AR. Great job. Search iWorld AR, one word, on the App Store or the Play Store. It's like ophthalmology's secret decoder ring. One of the most rewarding aspects of my week is the time that I spend with residents. Of course, when we train residents, we prepare them for the world of ophthalmology as it exists today, and not always ophthalmology as it will be when these residents reach clinical practice. In no aspect of ophthalmology is this more true than in the management of age-related macular degeneration. That's why I'm so happy to have spoken with Gabriel Butendik and Anne-Marie Collian to discuss their paper, on epidemiologic trends in age-related macular degeneration. Prior to your study, what was known about epidemiologic trends for AMD? Well, there were a couple of studies that um, focused on the prevalence of AMD, but they were only in specific spots in Europe. So, for example, the Rotterdam study for the Netherlands, the Coimbra Eye study for Portugal, or the Thessaloniki Eye study for, for Greece. But uh, an overview of, of Europe was lacking. So that was um, that was one of our main goals for this um, for this project to see if we could get an overview of the prevalence of AMD in Europe. For the purposes of your study, how were early and late AMD defined, uh, and what is the Rotterdam classification? Um, the Rotterdam classification is a modification of the international grading uh, system for AMD, and um, it has uh, five specific grades. So Grade zero um, means that there are no signs of AMD uh, on the fundus photo. And grade one is that there are soft, distinct drusen, uh, small drusen, or only pigmentary abnormalities. Um, Then we define early AMD as either soft, indistinct drusen or soft, uh, um, distinct drusen. And um, soft, indistinct drusen, so large drusen uh, with or without pigmentary abnormalities. And then late AMD is defined as either uh, choroidal neovascularization or geographic atrophy. Can I get you to describe the design of your study, of this study? So uh, our design of our study is a cross-sectional study of different epidemiological studies done in Europe. Um, The study 
includes people uh, aged 40 years and older with gradable fundus photographs. In total, there were 42,000 people included and from 14 different studies in Europe. Uh, and they were from 11 different countries. And we did a random effects and a meta-analysis uh, per five-year age category. And we also looked at um, the differences of the prevalences before and after 2006. So having said that, what were your main outcome measures? Our main outcome measures were early and late AMD. And we specified late AMD also for corridor neovascularization and geographic atrophy. And we also had a look at a visual acuity where we compared those with severe visual impairments or blindness versus those that have not. And the cutoff point was a Snellen thesis of 0.3 in decimal. And what were your results? What were your findings? Well, first we looked at the prevalence of early and late AMD, and we found that the prevalence of early AMD rose from 3.5% in the youngest age category, so 55 years to 59 years, up to 17.6% in the oldest age category, so 85 years and older. And for late AMD, this rose up to 9.8% in the age category of 85 years and older. What we also saw is that if we look at time trends, so the, we compared um, the studies performed before and after 2006, and we saw that the um, that, uh, late AMD, especially in the older age categories, the prevalence seemed to decline. Um, so it dropped from 12.6% to 7.1% in this age category. We also looked in uh, birth uh, cohorts to see if uh, we could also see the same uh, decline in um, uh, in AMD there as well, and we saw the same trend. Epidemiologically, what impact have anti-VEGF agents had? Um, well, the decline that we see in the, um, in the impairment of uh, visual acuity, um, so we saw that the oldest people with um, carotid neovascularization, their visual, um, they were less visually impaired eyes and also less visually impaired people. 79% of the eyes with CNV were visually impaired before 2006. And if we looked in the studies performed after 2006, we saw that only 66% of the people were visually impaired. And we think that this drop is mainly due to the introduction of um, anti-VEGF agents, um, which obviously started after 2006. In your paper, you make predictions about the year 2040. What do you predict? We have made two different predictions. Um, our first prediction is based on the assumption that uh, the prevalence that we have um, uh, seen in 2013 stays the same throughout the time. However, only the demographics of the population changes. And we see that for late AMD, in this projection, uh, the number of people affected with late, late AMD will rise from 2.7 million to 4.8, so a one and a half uh, times fold increase. And for early AMD, it increases from 50 million to 21.5 million. However, we also thought that prevalence, since it was declining in our paper, we thought that if it declines uh, uh, after 2013, however, we do not think that it will keep on continuing um, to uh, decrease the same amount. However, we think that 
it will get less over time, the decrease, because of lifestyle benefits that will have a maximum to it, then we will see that the um, uh, prediction of late AMD says that the amount of 2.7 million affected persons will increase to 3.9 million, and for early AMD, it will uh, randomly stay almost uh, the same, about 50 million cases. So I believe that the truth will probably be in between these two projections, and that we will see that the number uh, of people affected will increase. However, the um, number of uh, prevalence, so the relative number, will decrease. You describe a trend of decreasing AMD prevalence in older patients. Why do you think this is? And is some of this due to the decreasing number of smokers over the period of the study? Um, we think this is because of lifestyle. Um, we, we think that the population now is uh, aging in a healthier way. And um, uh, we also see it not only in ophthalmology, but also in different uh, um, aspects, for example, in cardiovascular disease. Um, and indeed, smoking is the biggest environmental factor at this moment for AMD. And we see a decline all over Europe. On average, uh, in the past 20 years, the, the smoking has declined with 30.5%. Um, so this is a big drop. And um, we definitely think that this will contribute to the prevalence of, um, of AMD. You describe a, 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 your sense of a decreasing prevalence um, because of lifestyle benefits and that it's, it's your sense that these lifestyle benefits are, are going to plateau out. There's only so much that, you know, can, can, can be modified, can be gained. What are, what, what specifically are the lifestyle benefits of which you speak? I think that these will be um, specifically smoking, but also nutrition, so healthier eating patterns um, and maybe also vitamin supplements and exercise, of course. Were there any geographic differences in the population studied? Um, we have looked at the differences between different regions of Europe, and we haven't seen much differences. For early AMD, it was equal for all regions. For late AMD, we could see a bit more of corridor neovascularization in the north. Um, however, other studies, like the Reykjavik Eye study, which is not included in our study, uh, has shown that there was more geographic atrophy in their study. So it could be a selection because of the studies we included in our, um, in our paper. If your predictions bear out, what are the implications for public health generally and, and the practice of ophthalmology in particular? Well, even though we see that the prevalence of AMD uh, decreases, we think that there will be more AMD cases in the future, and this will be due to the aging population. So this will lead to more visits uh, to the ophthalmologist and probably also more anti-VEGF uh, um, therapy that will be started. So we think that there needs to be a focus on uh, a prevention, but also awareness of the disease in the population. Gabrielle and Marie, thank you very, very much. I, I, I want to thank you for your, your generosity uh, with, your, with your time and, and by making this complex topic so very clear. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you very much. Gabrielle Butendik and Anne-Marie Collian come to us from the Erasmus University Medical Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Their paper, Prevalence of Age-Related Macular Degeneration in Europe, the Past and the Future, 
appears in the December 2017 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Gabrielle, Anne-Marie, or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.